Okay. If we want to build the future, we're gonna need something. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, I'm Shaletta Burnage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too. It's Not Your Fault. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everyone. Hope you are doing well. Welcome to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a team mental health podcast for both parents, caregivers, and young people. And in today's episode, we're going to continue our conversation talking about the Youth Risk Behavior Survey that came out from the CDC. And in today's focus on that survey, we're going to focus on substance use. This is a, a growing area of concern for so many parents caregivers, youth workers, folks, and young people, really, because they're worried about their friends and folks who are paying attention to current society's um, response to the mental health challenges that we've seen. We know that substance use is on a, on a, is increasing for many young people, and not just the fact that substance use is increasing, but different types of drugs are being introduced to young people and drugs that we haven't, we haven't heard of before, like Trank. Uh, drugs that we're very familiar with, like alcohol and marijuana, all these things are continuing to be used. And as we've gotten out of the pandemic and we continue to you know, linger throughout the pandemic as we get towards the tail end of what we were going through a few years ago, we know that the link, the ripple effects and the stressors and the coping that took place, a lot of that involved substances, not just for young people, but also for adults. So when we think about parents and caregivers, we know that alcohol use, uh, marijuana use, those things increase significantly 
during the pandemic. And those habits are difficult to break for many people. Uh, those have become, you know, creature comforts and become very easy, um, you know, coping mechanisms for many people, although they can cause a lot of harm for folks. And one of the main reasons that they become very easy is due to the fact that they re help release dopamine. They give you that pleasure principle that help you feel a little bit better about what's going on. It eases the pain. You probably heard uh, that tone or that frame uh, utilized a lot about easing pain. And we do see that with so many people about how their pain is eased through coping. So it makes a lot of sense that young people are also involved in this. But I wanted to point out an article that came out. It was more of um, a piece that was highlighting uh, some serious concerns. And this came out of, of Wisconsin, actually. Um, and this is earlier this week, I seen this article that came out of Wisconsin. The article headline states from the sheriff, the sheriff was reporting this 34 people cited with underage drinking, some with mild, um, uh, hypothermia after Wisconsin house party. So you have a house party with these young people and 34 people were cited with, uh, underage drinking from this house party. So the article goes on and it describes that they had 34 people between the ages of 17 and 20 that were cited with underage drinking. Three of the people were cited with second degree underage uh, drinking offenses, and one was cited for the actual hosting of the party. So you had young people doing what young people do, gather, have fun, have kickbacks, as they like to call them these days. But they're engaging in alcohol use and the police were called because things got a little bit too rowdy and now they're in trouble. Also, there were a couple of cases of mild hypothermia for people who uh, fled the uh, the had ended up flood, flood, uh, they fled the scene, but later they returned as well. Uh, we have seen this case uh, of this tragedy before. Uh, please take your part in keeping your kids safe is one of the messages that the sheriff wanted to, uh, to display during this. But this is nothing new. This is not something that is just a one off with these thirty four young people. This is happening in every community. Every neighborhood, I would say almost every day, we'll say at least every month, we'll stretch it out just for the podcast sake. But this is happening all across the nation where young people are engaging in their fun activities with substances. And we have to pay attention to several different things. We have to pay attention to the media. We have to pay attention to the accessibility of substances, the social acceptance. There are a lot of people who are concerned with the legalization of marijuana and what that's going to mean for many of the young people in their lives. There are a lot of people who are concerned with the accessibility of prescription medications and those prescription medications, which in the most popular ones that people are using for recreational use, which they should not be using for recreational use, but it's happening, especially amongst young people, are the following. We have codeine. We have Vicodin. We have oxycodone. We have uh, hydrocodone. We have Percocets. You may have heard of these. You may have used these in a prescription. Young people are very aware what these, what these drugs are. These are powerful drugs. These drugs give you different types of sensations and, and, and also have been popular, popularized for young people to engage in and utilize them. It's extremely dangerous. And as parents and caregivers and as young people, it's important to pay attention and not to get involved with these drugs if they have not been prescribed to you. They're highly addictive and highly dangerous. But young people are using substances to cope with their mental and emotional health, and it's very accessible and very easy for them to get. 
let's go back to the the uh, report a little bit and talk a little bit about what's going on in this report. So, what the reports again? This is a reminder. This was a report that was done by the Center for Disease Control, where they looked at from 2011 to 2001 the different trends in youth behavior over time, and they found four troubling categories. One of those troubling categories was substance use. Now, over the past, over those ten-year period, they did notice a slight decline in alcohol use. So, alcohol use was more prevalent in 20 in 2011. For young people than it was in 2021. Marijuana use, however, has remained stagnant. There hasn't been any changes. Youth are using marijuana at a, at a um, similar rate. But where they have seen an increase is the use of vapes. And people um, have different perspe- perspectives on vaping. Uh, we know that there are some bills that are going around right now to restrict or completely eliminate vaping. And we know that there are a lot of uh, research studies that are being done at the dangers of young people vaping and using vaporizers to smoke um, various different chemicals. And what we've noticed is over over the time, and vapes became more popular in about 2013, 14, 15. But over that time period, you see that young people have vaped and continue to use vapes and find different drugs to put into vape vaporizers as well as we go. So we have this technology boom introducing itself into the usage of substances as well. And think about the cool factor that brings in for young people where they got the new vape, the one that has different colors, the one that gives you different tastes and flavors, all these different things take place. And now young people have a new access point, a new introduction point to substances just through the the invention of technology and vaping. Uh, then we also have illicit street drugs, right? Heroin uh, being one of the bigger ones. We have people who have inhalants. We see a lot of that more in rural areas, but we do see people who are using inhalants and they're, you know, they're huffing and they're using these drugs to get high through, you know, through inhaling. Uh, cocaine is still out there. Believe it or not, cocaine is still a very, very popular drug. And, and typically you don't see too many high schoolers and you know, adolescents as far as high school, middle school, utilizing cocaine, but it does happen. Um, Cocaine is usually a drug that people get introduced to in their early 20s um, or or in places like Vegas and things of that nature. But here, it's still something to be concerned about because it's still accessible for young people to utilize. Heroin, unfortunately, is one that people are getting introduced to at a younger and younger age, which is a very scary, extremely addictive and life altering drug. Um, Then we have methamphetamines as well, hallucinogens, and then probably teens favorite, you know, street illicit drug ecstasy, because it adds that additional sexuality factor into the drug use as well. So again, we have to pay attention to all these things. I know it can be confusing. Some people think that meth and heroin are the same thing, you know, and then there's the whole blending and mixing of other things like fentanyl that do scare a lot of families. If you've been paying attention to the news, you know, that there's been a few reports of this new candy-like fentanyl. Um, and I say candy-like because it looks like candy. It looks like Skittles. These very colorful fentanyl pills that are going around. Um, a few drug busts have happened where police have been able to recover these new drugs. Those are targeted towards a particular group of people. Those They look like candy for a reason. They want a younger demographic on those drugs. And as parents and caregivers, we have to pay attention 
to what's happening. We cannot ignore the signs that the young people in our life are seeking, looking for, interested in drugs like fentanyl. Fentanyl is extremely dangerous. Uh, we lose a lot of people to overdose deaths. Um, and we have a lot of people who have life-altering circumstances utilizing fentanyl as well. This is scary stuff for any parent, scary stuff for young people, especially if you're a young person who's not interested in any of these drugs. There's a good chance that you can get introduced to them. Your friends may be on them. And then you're probably wondering, what the heck do we do? What do we? You know, what should we pay attention to? Why is this stuff so scary? Um, and I would encourage you to just to understand that you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Peer pressure is very strong. Uh, also, not only do we have peer pressure, now we have social pressure. So if you're not posting the cool, you know, TikTok video of you smoking a joint, or if you're not, you know, popping a pill and showing the pill on the story or on Instagram or on Twitter, or whatever platform you utilize on Snapchat, then maybe you do lose a couple of friends or maybe you do lose some clout or some status or some cool factor. But I'd rather you lose that cool factor than lose your life. And so many people are struggling and losing their life and losing opportunities due to utilizing substances. Things are bad. Substances are something that many people use to help them through situations. But it doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all for you. So be very careful. I want to share a couple of trends um, just really quick so you kind of know how severe this is of a problem before we wrap up for today. So in 2021, what the report stated was female students, LGBTQ youth, and students with same-sex partners were more likely than their peers to engage in every substance use behavior, which means they were trying all types of things, right? Why is that? Let's think about some of the stressors and things that have been going on for same-sex partner youth, LGBTQ plus youth, and female youth, right? Talk about groups that have historically been oppressed, have faced a lot of um, discrimination, uh, identity issues are happening for young people at this time. They're looking for outlets. So also the report says nearly 30% of female students currently drink alcohol and nearly 20% use marijuana. So we know that about a third of female students are engaging at least in alcohol drinking and a little bit less than that third, about a fourth of female students are smoking marijuana. Approximately 20% of LGBTQ plus youth have used um, selected illicit drugs, while 20% have never misused prescription opioids. So some of them are some LGBTQ youth, uh, LGBTQ plus youth are utilizing illicit drugs and about a, less than a quarter of them are not using anything at all. And also some few more uh, before we roll out, Asian and black students were less likely than students from nearly every other racial ethnic group to have never used illicit drugs. So that doesn't mean they haven't used any drugs, but the illicit drugs, the hallucinogens, the heroin, those are less likely to be used by black students. Now we may think, well, maybe they're just, you know, maybe those students are smoking more weed or drinking more alcohol, um, but maybe they're not doing the pill popping and things of that nature. Uh, it also states here that white students were more likely than Asian, black, and Hispanic students to drink to currently drink alcohol. So when they did the study, they noticed that more white students were currently drinking alcohol than other students of color. And then we have black students who were more likely than Asian, Hispanic, and white students to currently use marijuana. So there you go. So they weren't using the illicit street drugs, but marijuana use was more increased. And again, there may be some cultural factors here too that we have to pay attention to. 
There may be some um, cultural factors around youth culture that some things look cooler than other things to do. But that doesn't mean that the young people, just because they identify in an ethnic or racial group, doesn't mean that they can't struggle with, you know, fentanyl use or anything like that. These the, drugs don't discriminate against people. OK, drugs do not discriminate. We, it's very important as parents and caregivers and friends of young people that we care about what they're doing and how they're utilizing things. So in order to just wrap us up, I just want to leave a one quick tip when it comes to substance use and of young people. Pay attention to the changing of behaviors. If you notice anything, if you smell things, if you see things, if you find paraphernalia, that is an invite to have a conversation, not necessarily an intervention just yet, but a conversation with the young person in your life. Hopefully you learn that they're not using any drugs at all, but do know that it is a possibility that they could be. And it may be a first time. It may be, you know, their eighth time. Um, but one time is more than enough for a conversation. Do not be afraid to talk to the young people in your life. We want to make sure that young people are safe. We understand that healing and working through things um, oftentimes for people involve substances, but it should not and it doesn't have to be involved for young people. And if you're an adult or a caregiver and you have prescription medications, especially those painkilling killer type medications, please, please, please discard of those things when you're done. Keep a good eye on them. Uh, you don't have to be paranoid where you're pill counting or anything, but do pay attention because young people will, you know, they will explore. Young people will try things and you want to make sure that there's no, you know, opportunity to try those things on your watch. And with that, I want to just um, say, if you want more information, if you want to connect, feel free to connect with me at my website, J-E-G-N-A, that's jegna.org, that's J-E-G-N-A.org. You can feel free to meet, meet me there, or you can find us at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Again, that's ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com, where we have tons of quality podcasts for you to get all the information you need to help you on your journey and help somebody that you care about. Please be sure to share this podcast with someone that you care about. And if this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to SheLetterMakesMeLaugh.com. Well, well, this is awkward. <laughs> on this season of Outside Chance... We're about to put the fly in fly fishing. I'm about to prove there's an outdoor activity for everybody. Yeah! This one I'm pretty confident I can make. <laughs> I'll break down gear, costs, and best locations to learn. Holy oh, crap. Whoa! Yeah! Life yeah! is meant to be experienced. <laughs> Did you see that? Join me and find out what you've been missing. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, and it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. 
like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Whether I'm taking the bus or the light rail, I'm on board with Metro Transit. What would I do without my ride? I hope to never find out. Metro Transit is my ticket to get where I need to go, uptown or downtown, city or suburbs, no hassle. It's my reliable, affordable way to get to work, run errands, visit friends, and then get back home to my neighborhood. With easy to pay fares, I just jump on board and relax while a professional does the driving. This is my time to listen to my music, catch up with my friends on social media, play a game or read, or just chill out and unwind on the way to my destination. But sharing the ride is also about being with folks from my community, headed to school, or traveling to their appointments, or out on the town. Traveling together, we make our road safer and create a healthier environment for everyone. Get on board with Metro Transit. It's your ride, too. Racial covenants had structured every aspect of life. Keeping black people in black spaces. Slavery's history is Minnesota's history. So much of working towards racial equity is around telling our own stories. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. When you're running your own business, it's exciting to imagine what's possible and overwhelming to think about how to make it work. You need a banker to help meet challenges and make the most of opportunities to grow. At Bremer Bank, we understand that success is always a team effort because right now, relationships matter more than ever and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. At General Mills, our table is your table and we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.